Before we dive in, I want to tell you about my brand new guide, Be Your Own Boss, How to Scale to 5K Months. So if you're an online service-based entrepreneur and you are looking to get to those 5K months and beyond, this guide is for you. We're talking all about how to niche down, craft your signature offer, get clients, and everything you need to know to get to those 5K months and beyond. So I am really excited for you to check it out. You can just head to bit.ly slash startmybiz2020, or you can just click it. It's right here in the show notes. Okay, on to the show. Hey there, I'm Angela Master Giacomo, and I help online service-based entrepreneurs hit consistent 5K months with high-ticket offers. Now, as you'll see on this show, I am a no-fluff kind of girl. I like giving you the step-by-step -step strategies, behind the scenes, all the nitty-gritty, and so because of that, we are just gonna dive straight into the show because you are busy, and I do not wanna waste a second of your time, so let's get straight into the show. Okay, so you know how sometimes you meet somebody and not only do you feel like, okay, we're kindred spirits, like clearly we are very, very similar, but they also completely light a fire under you? That is how I felt talking to Kimberly Olson. We touch on so many things in this interview from limiting beliefs to showing up on social media in an authentic way to why it's good to be polarizing, multiple revenue streams, and everything in between. It is such a good interview and there is so much great strategy here. I feel like I learned so much even just in these 45 minutes with Kimberly and I know you are going to walk away not only a more strategic entrepreneur, but feeling super inspired to take these things on. Now, if you're new to Kimberly, you're going to love her. She is the creator of The Gold Digger Girl, where she serves female entrepreneurs by teaching them simple systems and online strategies in sales and marketing, including how to show up in a real, genuine, and authentic way. She's also shared the stage with Rachel Hollis, which is pretty amazing if you ask me. And like I said, she is empathetic and warm and vulnerable and totally full of amazing strategies and tips. So you are going to love this one. I am not going to make you wait any longer. Let's dive in. Okay, Kimberly, thank you so, so much for joining me. You have such an incredible story and I am so excited to dive into it all. But to start, can you just tell me a little bit more about your business as it looks now? Yes. So today I have a multidimensional brand called the Gold Digger Girl. And within that, we have gotten into a million dollar business, which is really exciting. Um, I've achieved 15 streams of income. So I'm really big on diversifying. Primarily what I do is I, I do group coaching, private coaching with for network marketers, direct sellers and online marketers. So over the last few years, as I've built it up, I've expanded to writing books. I, I have four books I've written, two are bestsellers, weekly podcasting, speaking, and I've been able to expand my reach online to almost a million per month. Uh, not a million followers, but my reach expands to a million. I have probably a couple hundred followers, a hundred thousand followers. And it's been really cool because I didn't know anything that I was, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, but it, through the, what we're going to talk about today, I was able to build that up and I'm home with my kids, you know, they're four and six. So I'm able to get them off to school, pick them up at the end, to, end of the day, take them to gymnastics, still get eight hours of sleep, you know, be able to give where I want to and be able to pour into the people that I work with. Oh my God. I love this. And I had no idea that you were also so big on diversifying your income streams. That is something that for me is really important as well. I think that's kind of the key. Um, so I, I want to eventually go back 
uh, a little bit further. But before we do, tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, did you intuitively know when you started your business, okay, I need to have multiple streams of revenue? Or is that like, how did you kind of begin to figure that out and then begin to actually do it? Yeah, well, it was funny because when I got into social media, it was three years ago, the fall of 2017, I had 250 friends on Facebook and no Instagram account. So I really did not have a following, you know, anything, but I didn't want to build my, I was a network marketing star. I didn't want to build my business like everyone else was where they were just sending these icky messages. So I was like, okay, I got to do this completely different. So got into it and everyone started asking me how I was doing it. So I would literally learn something such as how to post in your stories. And then the next week I would teach it on my live and they were like, Oh my gosh, it's the best thing ever. And I was very transparent. I was like, y'all like, I don't think, but it worked, you know? And they loved that. They loved that. I was being real, but I was so consistent. Like I was, you could count on me like the sun rising. And in that process, people started asking me to teach them things. So they're like, could you teach us how to set goals for next year and a vision board? And I was like, Oh, I'll just do like a little workshop and I'll charge $9, you know? And then they were like, well, we want more time with you. Could you like do like a little like coaching program with us? So I started doing small group coaching and it was so funny because coaches were telling me, you can't do that yet. You you can start coaching when you're making 20 grand a month from your network marketing, not when your team's doing 20,000. Like you can't, you cannot do that. And I was like, why not? Why not? If, if I have something that's going to help them, cause I'm a great teacher, then why can't I do it? Like who, is there some like special like taser going around that's like, no, you cannot coach people. I was like, Hey, these people are willing to spend, spend money with me. And it's going to allow me to create the life that I want quit the job. I hate I'm in, you know? And so I just, I, I am, I have an undergrad in business management marketing. I have PhDs in natural health and holistic nutrition. So definitely a colorful background. And I didn't learn a lot necessarily in undergrad, but I, I learned to have a business mind and be able to look at things. I'm always looking at things like, but where am I going to optimize that? How am I going to be efficient? Where am I going to make the money? So I don't do things just to do them. I'll, I'll test the market. I'll see if there's an audience for it. I just yanked a program I was about to launch in August. It was like an $18,000 coaching program. Completely yanked it because I was like, I don't have the audience for it. We're not there yet. So we're going to wait until the spring. So I think the biggest thing is when you have all these ideas like Someone was like, I wish there was a planner for network marketers where they could just, you know, it had these things. And I was like, I'm with you. So I made one and my friend designed it and we launched it in three weeks and it was customizable. Like, why can't you do that? Swag shop. I have a swag shop. Like you all listening, anything that you want, you can do. Like there's an, especially now, right? I mean, we can find anything we need on, on the internet. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So I don't even know where to start because all of this is so (laughs) (laughs) good. No, it's so good. I mean, first of all, I I love that you, when you're talking about Instagram, right. And you're saying, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I would learn it one day. I would teach it the next. I mean, I think that's so brilliant because we do, we feel like I have to have 10 years of experience and, you know, whatever other milestones that we sort of imagine for ourselves. And the reality is if you just learn something, to be to be honest, it's probably even better to teach it like that because you're going to still be talking to people in a way that they can understand. You're not going to accidentally talk over their head, which is what happens sometimes when we've been in business for 10 years and we go and we say things are like, oh yeah, you don't know what that means. Sorry. Um, so I love that. And I love Absolutely. that you, yeah, that whole thing you said too about, you know, well, who says I can't do this? Who says I can't launch a coaching problem uh, program? You know, just sort of doing things and not, not feeling like there has to be, again, those milestones or really asking for permission, but instead just going, well, like what's going to happen if I try, you know, like nothing awful, the world is not going to fall apart and just 
you know, just sort of doing it and not getting stuck and overthinking it or what I think is a lot of our biggest struggle, which is just just sort of waiting for this permission that is never going to come or waiting for these milestones that we've just sort of pulled out of thin air and then given way too much weight to. Yeah. And I see this all the time with my students is the imposter syndrome is so strong. And that just comes back to mindset. And I've done so much mindset work. I can't even tell you I had to. And there's this girl, she is doing a million dollars a month in business with her, her direct sales network marketing team. So she's been a top earner, an incredible human. Like she has all the things. And I was talking to her about coaching, like her coaching, because she wants to, and she's like, oh, I'm just really struggling with that imposter syndrome. Like, who am I? And I'm like, you're a rock star, dude. Like, get out there, <laughs> teach other people how to build an empire. Like, you are set for life, you know? And so it's 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 an epidemic. I mean, even if you're new and you're like, oh, I don't have the experience, think about that teacher, you know, even because they do like student teaching and things like that. Think about her first day when she was in the classroom solo, right? She probably was so scared. And she's like, these kids are going to chew me up and spit me out. But she had to go in there and teach that first class to five years later, 10 years later, be the leader in her school district, right? To be teaching and mentoring other new teachers. Like there's always that first time where you haven't ever done it. And the way to get confident is through the experience of doing, not thinking about it. You're not going to get more confident by thinking about it. You're going to get more insecure. Exactly. Because you will always find a reason that you're that you think you're not good enough or that you think you're not ready versus just doing it and learning and you know just simply getting better by doing. Yeah. And you're gonna mess up. Like I oh, I don't I don't spend a lot of time thinking on things. I'm good about I launch one thing at a time. Like I don't try to master, you know, 12 things at once. It's like, okay, if I'm writing a book, I'm writing a book right now. So I do get that part, <laughs> but I am an action taker. So I don't I don't sit there and like analyze all the things. And luckily I have a full-time operations instructor who's like the sounding board. And she's like, Hey, I love that idea. But did you think about this? And I'm like, Oh no, I did not. So, uh, it has bit me, you know, bit me in the booty here and there. Um, you know, I've had some issues like, you know, hater stuff and you know what you find out who your tribe is you do. And I, if someone's going to be upset because I took action on something, then let them be upset about it. Like they're not my people, you know? So I think there's a lot of fear around like, what will people think? I've had some stuff happen, you know, where I just went for it and people don't like that. So if you're wondering like, well, what if I do it and I fail, I have failed, I have failed big. And you know, if I ever do something like hurting someone's feelings or I apologize, but that's it. Then I I let it go. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't have to sit there and feel bad about my decisions because the bottom line is I always have a pure heart. My goal is always to help people. And I always lead with integrity. And for me, like that's enough. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that because we can tell ourselves all these stories, right? But I think if we can come back to, okay, but we know what our intentions are, right? Like we know that we're not maliciously like going out there to hurt <laughs> people or make them feel bad. And as long as we know that's true and we know we're coming from a good place, you can kind of let the rest go. And so I think it's important to just constantly, if you are, which I think we all do at some point, deal with imposter syndrome, just sort of coming back to that over and over again that you know where you're coming from. And that is really all that matters. Absolutely. I love that. So let's back up because you're doing incredible things today. But when, I mean, how did this all start? You know, like when did you first decide or when did it first even enter your mind that you might want to look at being an entrepreneur? Yeah. So I had always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I remember being little and I was I was young. I was probably first grade and I was leading like the neighborhood kids club and everyone had folders. 
I was like, you must, this is how this is going to go. Like I was very bossy. I never liked authority. Like if I would see things not the way it should be, I had an opinion and that didn't always go well. Luckily I got good grades, but like, I'm surprised, you know what I mean? And I started really getting into it when I turned 30 and I failed, you know, I, I did all the things right. And I didn't have an audience yet. I didn't know how to bring something to market that I knew my audience wanted. Like I, my first brand was called Fit Kim, F-I-T-K-I-M, because I had, you know, the fitness and nutrition background. And I would come up with these awesome programs and meal plans. And, you know, my aunt would buy it. Like nobody was doing it. And so I tried doing neighborhood boot camps and, you know, I had some success, but it was never enough to quit my job and just do that. And that's all I wanted. You know what I mean? I didn't want to rely on someone else. And when I was kind of put that to bed, when I had my, my girls are 18 months apart. And the second was a surprise, as you can tell. So it was just a whirlwind of emotions and all the things. And so right before I had my second, I was let go from my job. So I had this great job. I'd had it for years. My husband had a great job. We built our dream home. We had two brand new vehicles. Daycare is really expensive in Austin. So it was like three grand a month. Living the high life, right? But we were living paycheck to paycheck. So when I was let go unexpectedly, I was off for about five months because I had a lease. So I couldn't like go work just yet. I was doing some stuff here and there, but it was not enough. So we cashed in our 401ks. We put everything on credit cards and we went into almost six figures of debt with our cars too. So it was this really, really dark place for me. And I started drinking a lot. So I had always like, you know, had a little bit of you know unhealthy relationship with alcohol because it's on both sides of my family. But this was like my new coping mechanism, right? Like, oh my gosh, I'm this young mom with these two babies and I don't know what I'm doing. So I took a job locally just because we needed money. You know, I was getting to the point where like, oh my gosh, like how are we going to pay our mortgage? So I took a job. It was local, but it was two and a half hours of commuting a day. And there was a bully there and I just, it was half my salary. It was just not a good situation, but you do what you got to do. Right. So I decided it was just like, how am I going to get out of this? So my friend kept asking me about her network marketing and she was having all the success. And I was like, dude, I no thanks. You know, like that stuff's just weird. Finally, one day I saw her at an event and she was like, look, just try the product. And I was like, okay. And she's like, look, it's helping all these kids. And I'm like, oh, the kids. So I like totally fell for it, got into it, rocked it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I could totally quit my job. But I kept self-sabotaging because what I would do is get home with my stressful job and I'd have a glass of wine and then a glass of wine with dinner and another glass of wine. And I wasn't going to, you know, crush the world that night working on my business if I was, you know, had all this wine. So I woke up one morning and I felt like such a failure. You know, I was just felt hungover, was it wasn't feeling great. My mindset was horrible. I mean, I can't even tell you the thoughts I was having about myself. It was like, you're a crappy mom, you have this opportunity, you're throwing it out the window. You said you're gonna do all this stuff yesterday, and you didn't do any of it. I mean, that's how I would wake up. Like you can't really like rock the day if that's what you're doing. So my friend was like, Hey, I've got this girl I've been working with. She's helping me with my anxiety. You should totally talk to her. And we were very similar in nature, total empath. So I was like, okay. So I, I got on the phone, Michelle Thompson. I talk about her all the time. And I was like, I'm in man, I'll do whatever you say. So I did an intensive of four months with her and I had to write down stuff every morning. I had to listen to all these things. And we, I was working on reprogramming my subconscious mind, which is basically those thoughts that are running on autopilot every day. And it took six weeks. It was August 1st of 2017. And I woke up and I felt amazing. I was thinking positive thoughts. Like it finally clicked. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done with the alcohol. This is the one thing holding me back from my goals, and my dreams. If I really want to change my family tree, 
get out of this vicious cycle. This is it. Like I have got to be all in. So I committed that day and that was over three years ago. And I have not had a glass of anything or any alcohol since because I realized in order for me to create what I want, I had to face that demon. I had to face the thing that had a grip on me. Like I don't ever want something, a boss or a glass of wine to control me ever again. I'm in the driver's seat. And I know for sure, even with the pandemic, with the economy, whatever happens, I know I can create income for my family and they're going to be okay. That is so powerful. Thank you for sharing all of that because I think that it gives such good insight into, and it's so raw and it's so real. And I really... I mean, you and I were kind of talking and joking about this before we started recording, right? But like, there is yes. a, a serious messiness behind not just the past journey, but even still our day-to-day sometimes. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so I love that you are so candid about that because um, there's nothing worse, I feel like, than people coming on and being like, everything's great. And I was born this way. Like, life is amazing. I <laughs> I look at my beautiful ashes. Seriously. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not real. Um, it's not real. So yeah. So I, I love that. And I think you touched on something really important, which is that I do think eventually we all get to this point, whether it's with, okay, I'm finally going to quit my job or I'm finally going to, you know, build my business or, you know, whatever it is where the switch, like there's just that switch, right? Because we can think on it forever and we can find all these reasons, but then eventually, and I think it's usually when we, we do find the right thing or we do, we're just like at that point in our life or the right opportunities, like it's a little too, like we just kind of know, even though we're still trying to self-sabotage, we're like, ah, oh, but I feel like this is really it. Like it sounds like it was for you. There's something that just uh, flips for us and that's kind of our opportunity to go all in on it finally. Yes. And you, it really does come down to your thoughts. You know, how do you think about yourself every day? You know, if I was able to just peek in and listen, and a lot of times it's those, those little thoughts, like say you are about your, you have an idea to go live. So say you're, you go run to the grocery store and you're coming back home and you're like, I'm going to go live about how it felt to pay for that person's groceries. Like say you just, they had a little bit in front of or behind you and you just paid for it and left and you want to inspire people to pay it forward. Even when you don't have the money, like that could be your message. By the time you get home, you're like, that's, that's so dumb. I'm not going to go live on that. Who's going to want, nobody's going to watch it. You talk yourself right out of it. Those are the moments where you have to address the fact that that's your fear. Your fear is leading you in the direction you need to go. So my best posts, my best lives, I went live. uh, My video totally went viral. I went live last Saturday about human trafficking. There's a movie called cuties. I don't know if it's still up, but it's on Netflix. And I'm very positive coaching, teaching, inspiring, but I knew in my heart, I knew I had a duty for something that I felt really passionate about because my girls were little. So I went live about it. And right before I did, I mean, my fingers were shaking to hit that go live button because I don't want to be the negative person. I don't want to be that person on social media. So I had to really pray and say, that's true, but you know, you need to be the one to do this right now. Like you have a chance to get this petition signed and enough, you know, you can get your people in moving and moving and it went crazy. But why did it go crazy? because I was obedient, even though I felt fearful, I needed to take that step towards that fear to grow on the other side of fear is growth every single time. So if you're doing things every day that feels safe, you're not going to have that zest for life, that momentum, that energy, that excitement, because you're not doing things that are growing. And that also can happen in anything relationships, you know, a career that you're in, you have to have that growth because that's how we're wired. So I say, feel the fear and do it anyway. Like your fear really is your guidance system. Yes, absolutely. I mean, 
to, to really scale it back into even the simplest terms, it's it's like why when we go on a roller coaster or something, we get off and we think, oh my God, I can conquer the world. It's because we were terrified <laughs> and that <laughs> adrenaline, right? And and on obviously a much larger scale, this is exactly what you're talking about. And I think if we're paying attention to ourselves and just listening to our intuition, you there is a difference, right? And we can usually tell when it's one of those things where like, yeah, I am scared. This is kind of terrifying but I know it's the right thing to do. And exactly like you said, just doing it. I have been guilty of that so many times, even, even with texting people, like I'll, I'll, I'll be thinking, actually, I did it. I'm actually guilty of doing it today. I will say, because I thought last night I should really text. I was thinking about one of my friends I haven't talked to. I should really text her and, and check in. And by the time, this is when I was falling asleep. By the time I got up, I had totally forgotten about it and, or been like, ah, is that really a good idea? And so even just, I feel like, uh, like addressing it, even in those, those instances in your life, even outside of your business, right? Just sort of training yourself to just step outside your comfort zone, act on those things um, and do it in daily life is, is so important. And I know that you are amazing at that because you have seriously put in the work and, and, you know, you've kind of been talking a little bit about how you've done that, but what, like, what are, I don't know, like, what are some of the ways that you've seen it sneak up on people? Because I think a lot of times people don't even realize they have these limiting beliefs and they're just like, no, no, I'm fine. Um, So what are some of the ways that you see it kind of creep up that people might not realize are their limiting beliefs? Yeah, that's such a great question. Well, one of the things that like the researchers say is that most of our thoughts are the same as the day before. And again, most of them are on autopilot. So a good activity, I have all my students do this, is in the morning, because if you can, they call it like a miracle morning. I don't actually do it in the morning. I do it at night because it just works for me. That's when I work the best because my house is quiet. But so I'll, I'll journal like at midnight, but you could, you know, if you're able to wake up and do it in the morning. So it's a good time because you haven't got to the hustle and bustle of the day. So even before you pick up your phone, if you can pen to paper has been physiologically shown to be more connective to like your, your brain stuff. So a journal, if you could do something like that and just write down any of the, the fears you have, like it could be some, or doubts. It could be, what do you want and what's holding you back? So let's say you want to launch a digital product. You're like, I really want to make a course of how to create, um, how to grow a, like a local dog sitting business. Cause you're like, you've got it going on and you want to teach others how to do it. Right. Cause you're like, Oh, if I could sell this course, that could be another stream of income. Hint, hint. If you're really good at something, y'all should do that. So, <laughs> so you're like, okay, I want to like, how am I going to do this? So you're, that's something you want to do. And you're thinking, I could never do that. How I don't even, I don't even know how to make a course. Like I, who's going to, no one's going to buy my dog sitting course. Okay. That's a limiting belief. So write down, write down those fears. Like, I don't know how I'm going to, I don't know how I'm going to pay the mortgage tomorrow. Gosh, I keep losing my temper. I'm a bad mom. Like write down all the ick, then you're going to reframe it. So reframe it is where you flip it and you say it in the positive tense. So it could be something like I'm a patient and calm parent, or I'm so excited because people are loving my dog sitting course. So it's present tense. Yes, it's make-believe, but the subconscious mind doesn't know the difference. It has no clue. So if you're like sitting there in la-la land, like thinking about your dreams all the day, I'm thinking about my goals and dreams like 24-7. Like it's a problem. Like when I'm with my kids, I'm like, oh yeah, my children. So I've worked on that this last year <laughs> and I've gotten a lot, a lot better at boundaries. But like, that's all I think about. It's literally, I'm just like, oh, I could do that. Or, oh, I wonder how that's going. So the more time you spend in that futuristic goal, vision, what, what your life like, then it's going to happen quicker. You're going to attract it to you, but you have to feel good. 
when you're thinking about it. So when you go through that exercise, you're going to write down the icky stuff, the things that's not serving you, the fears. It could even be people in your life, right? Relationships. It could be something like you said, where um, you you don't say something that you're that's on your mind, you know, even in your personal life, or you take that action to text that friend. What are some things that you're not doing that you want to do, and then reframe them and say, "Oh, I'm so ex- I'm so grateful that I've got all these friends that I've reconnected with," and it it feels really good to to know that you know no time time can go by and it's like our friendship is exactly the same, and then just reframe those things, and when you do that. What happens is by reframing them and feeling good about it, you're you're at the energetic level of the thing you want. So I'll repeat that. You need to be at the energetic level of the thing you want. So let's say right now you're sitting here and you're looking at your bank account and there's no money in there. And you're like, man, I really want to be a six-figure earner. I want to have $8,333 rolled in my bank every month. And when you write that down, you're like, I am a six-figure earner, but you feel bad. You feel like, you, gosh, you suck because you have no money, right? You're you're hanging out with the no money vibration, my friend. Like, we got to get you up to the, I'm a freaking boss, man. Like, I, I am crushing it. So what does that look like? Well, how would you talk if you were a six-figure earner? Who would you who would you do business with? What would you be creating? What would your office space look like? What, what would your desk look like? like? How would you dress? Would you be organized, right? Like, start to get into that place of, of dreaming and playing pretend. Be excited about it. And the more time you spend in that place, you are energetically attracting the very thing that you want at a very quick rate. I mean, you can transform transform your life so fast. Yes, I love that. And I love what you said too about your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference. Because, right? Because I think people get caught up in thinking like, oh, but it's like, I don't know, like I'm lying to myself or whatever. And and again, just finding all these reasons. But I the way you said that, I think that's going to click for a lot of people that, you know, it's just, it doesn't know the difference. And again, matching that energy. And and I am such a big fan of, for instance, like writing a future bio, right? So all the things you want your life to look like, all the things you want to accomplish and everything you said too about, you know, how, how does that version of myself that I want to be, how do they act? How do they dress? How do they respond to this situation? Always kind of keeping that in the back of your mind. It is really remarkable how quickly it can just transform things for you. I mean, I've had it happen in my own life and it blows my mind because usually I'm like, I don't understand if I can't physically touch something, if I can't make sense of it, it freaks me out a little bit. I don't understand it. And yet I can't deny that exactly what you're saying is what I, you know, I've experienced as well, which is just sort of you raise that energy and everything else follows. Yeah, it really does. And to give you all something practical to do, I would love if you haven't ever, I would love to see you download the Think Up app. I don't know what's on Android, but I I feel like it's on all of them, but I'm not sure. So it's called Think Up. It's one word. And what you do is you, they have suggestions in there, but you can make your own, which is what I did. You record affirmations. So you speaking present tense affirmations are not like you can do it. Affirmations are like, I'm so, I always say I'm so happy and grateful. That's like my opener, but I'll say like, for me, when I started to think up that I didn't have a team yet, I, I wasn't building, you know, financial success in my network marketing yet. So when I started it, I didn't have anything yet. I didn't have an audience. So I was like, Oh my gosh, I build, I'm building a, a name for myself in the industry. I'm building a huge team. People love working with me. I, you know, I earned this and that. And I'm home with my kids, you know, cause I was working at the time. So on the think up app, you record your affirmations and then it lets you choose a m- music to go with it. So it creates this track and then all you do is play it. And I'm telling you, when your subconscious mind hears your own voice speaking truth like that, 
it thinks it's real. So then it's like, okay, let's make it happen. And <laughs> every single one I've put on there has come to fruition, all of them. Like I keep the, the original just because sometimes I'm like blown away about how amazing it is to create things like that. They have all come true. So if whatever you want, just record it on the Think Up app and keep listening to it every day. That's amazing. I've never heard of that app. And oh, it's really? the first thing. Yeah, no, it's the first thing I'm doing when <laughs> after I love this. It. I'm obsessed. Okay, so we talked a little bit about social media and you gave some really good tips about how, you know, when you were just starting out, you would, you know, learn something and then you would go on, you would share it and your followers would love it. But of course, and I'm sure you run into this all the time where a lot, I think a lot of entrepreneurs really, really struggle with social media and feeling authentic and knowing what to post. And it just ends up feeling like this huge enemy, like it's actually out to destroy your life instead of make <laughs> your life and your business better, right? Tell us how it really is. <laughs> So when you were in those early stages, like how did you make social media actually feel good and not view it as your enemy? Mm -hmm. Well, it was really, really scary for me to start posting like vulnerable things. Like that was the hardest part I remember because the social media I'd done before was not on Facebook or Instagram. It was just YouTube, which isn't even social media. It was more educational video. So this was a whole new feel for me. And I was really nervous about that. I don't know what it was. I think we all go through that with the vulnerability. So I had, you know, listened to trainings. I was in coaching. I'm a huge advocate of investing in yourself. So the people that I was learning from were saying, you have to be real. You have to be genuine. You have to share your life because this is how you build up a following. This is how people get to know you. They're, they buy from people they know, like, and trust. And as a network marketer or even a coach, there are thousands, if not millions of us, Right. So you have to figure out how to stand out from those people in your own way. So I'll never forget just that feeling of being so uncomfortable, but I was committed to the process. I wasn't committed to the, I wasn't addicted to the outcome. I knew, I knew to start, I was going to get crickets. I knew to start, no one was going to be commenting on my posts or watching my lives. I mean, the only people watching my lives was like, my, you know, my cousin. So <laughs> I just kept showing up though. Like I was so committed to the process. I said, I'm going to show up every week. I'm going to go live every week. I'm going to post on social media every single day. I don't even think stories were really a thing when I first started. I think that rolled out soon, but I was just like, I am all in man. Like, I don't care. I'm going to keep going until I figure this out. So what I would do is I would just pay attention. So if I posted something and people actually like you know, interacted with it in any way, that was a clue. I was like, okay, my people like that, you know, <laughs> simultaneously though, I was building my audience. So I was friend requesting like a crazy person. I didn't care if people didn't, I looked for mutual friends. I made sure they weren't looking weird or anything. And my profile was looking, starting to look really good. You know, I, I was posting every day. I was offering value. I was, you know, I didn't, like I said, I wasn't an expert in, in social media or branding or growing a business yet, but I did know stuff about nutrition and energy and losing weight and like health stuff. So I just started with what I knew and again, paid attention to the clues out there. So I started friending people. I started growing my friends list really fast. I mean, like I said, I had just a couple hundred, got to a thousand really quick, then 2000. I mean, I was on a mission. And then what I did is I started a Facebook group. 
And that was huge for me. That's actually one of my challenges I do because my Facebook groups are well over 30,000 and I've monetized them. And that's the key. Most people don't know how to monetize a Facebook group. I figured it out really fast. So what I did is I got to know every single person in my Facebook group, but I said, what do you want? What do you want me to help you with? And they're like, goals. We want to accomplish our goals and we need a coach. But I just offered value. I, I literally had no agenda because I didn't even know what to do with these people. So I just showed up every day and I would go live in there and cheer them on. And by the end of it, they're like, can you help us with our business goals? And I'm like, yes, I can. Because I was sharing examples of ways I was implementing what I was teaching them in my own business, in my own life, right? Like I'm a mom and I've got well work and I also am running a, a home-based business and I'm doing all these things. So here's some tips on how to get your workout in. And they were hearing me say that and they started seeing how I was showing up on social media. And it was very attractive to them because their uplines were telling them to go cold message a hundred people a day. So it just really did happen very organically, but I was a student. I was very thoughtful, observant, paying attention. And like they say, give the people what they want, you know, like people will tell you, like, if you really do pay attention, I feel like you can figure out what your audience needs for sure. I think that's very true. I think sometimes people are dead set on sort of shoving things people don't want. They're like, but you need this, but they don't, maybe they do, but package it in something they want and give them a little bit of both, you know? Absolutely. Um, And I think it's smart so, so smart that you went into social media with that thought of, you know, probably nobody, nobody's going to watch. Nobody's going to, you know, it's going to be kind of, kind of a dead zone for a little bit. And then it'll, you know, but it's okay because I will keep at it and it will pick up. And I, I think that's actually, it's really smart, but it's also just a positive way to frame it. You know, I think some people might hear that and think the opposite, but I think it's positive because you're just setting your expectations. And the thing is that, you know, it's going to get better. Like, you know, it's just part of the process. And so you're not disappointed when you don't get a ton of likes or you get five people on the live because you're like, that's okay. I got that practice. I'm figuring it out on to the next thing. And that, that perseverance, I think is very, very important when you are trying to run your own business. Oh yeah. I mean, aside from mindset, I always say perseverance, tenacity, and grit. And the, and I know I keep speaking about network marketing, but I'm pretty sure it applies to any field or any space you're in is the average network marketer quits at the six week mark and the average breakthrough, you know, where they start to really see traction is eight weeks. Could you imagine just, just pushing through two more weeks and you, you crack the code and people are just quitting. Like they just, they're like, Oh, it's not working. I'm like, do you go to college? And in six weeks in, you're like, ah, forget it. (laughs) No, you go in and you like dig in for years. Right. I don't know why our, my, our mentality, like we forget that, you know, it's really important to to realize it's going to take some time. It's true. We go, we seem to go into things thinking that we should already be an expert. We should already be amazing at it and forgetting that there's absolutely no reason we should be good at it. In fact, we should probably be bad at it because we have no experience. (laughs) Totally. You're so right. (laughs) You have had some incredible, incredible opportunities, um, including sharing the stage with Rachel Hollis. So, I mean, how, how did that even happen? (laughs) It's so funny, actually. I hadn't heard of her Two years ago, someone tagged me. I did a post like, what are you reading? And someone's like, girl, wash your face. You have to read it. And a couple people said, like enough people said it that I was like, who is this girl? So right away, I got her audible phone love. And then one day my sister's like, did you know Rachel Hollis is your neighbor? I'm like, what? So she actually lives in my same town, but I keep trying to find her and I just can't. So it's fine. We're, we're going to have like an accidental, like hang out at the gym one day together do yoga, <laughs> but we're not there yet. But 
I was, um, yeah, I was asked to speak at an event that she was the keynote speaker. So I got a chance to meet her and it was really cool because that whole manifestation thing, she was the keynote and she was taking questions in the audience. And I stood up, you know, several people stood up and I was like, in that like high vibe, you know, and I'm like, oh, pick me, pick me. And she did. And um, it was just funny. I was like, oh yeah, I'm your neighbor, by the way. And I'm a huge fan and whatever, asked that question. She's like, so let me get this straight. You like took two flights to get here. You drove on, you got on a ferry because we were on an island. It was really funny. But um, I got to meet her afterwards as well. And she's super tiny and just, you, you meet her and you're like, oh my gosh, she's a real normal person. Like she is literally the epitome of what this conversation has been. Don't you think like no one knows like how long she grew her brand and her business and she blogged and she had events. And like, I mean, we just see like this hot little fireball that's all over the place, but like that's years and years and years of blood, sweat, and tears and commitment and dedication. And the cool thing about her is like, people are very opinionated about her, but I think to myself, it gives me chills. You got to talk about legacy. You want to talk about speaking truth into people and, and lighting their soul up. Like she is changing people's lives. Like she's giving them that hope and that telling them it's okay. And not only okay, they need to unapologetically go after their goals and their dreams. And it's just, I mean, she's, she's a rock star. She's definitely one of my people I look up to. It's true. And I think like, not that I think that anybody's aim should be to purposely irritate people or go out of their way to upset people. That's not what I mean. But I do think this goes back to what you were saying about, you know, show up as yourself, be authentic, because I do think there's something to be said about being polarizing just in that people, they should have feelings about you. If people feel sort of, you know, like, then it's not, you got to, you got to turn it up a little bit, you know? Yes. Yeah. And have an opinion. So one of the things like I teach is I don't believe in kidnapping, which is where people will get people to buy a kit to join their team to get the discount. I'm very, I'm a huge, I'm against bonus buying. I'm against rebates back. I'm against anything that's like not cool. And I'll say it. And people don't like that. Leaders who are building their businesses that way, they don't like their teams hearing that. And I'm like, I have to stand, I have to have a, I'm standing here, you know, here's my flag. I'm standing here. And I believe it to the, to the, you know, to my core. And guess what happens? All the people who are like, finally, you know, finally someone said it. I don't believe in cold messaging. Oh my gosh. It's so refreshing. I love you, Kimberly. I'm learning so much. And guess what? I'm learning how to build my business in a way that feels good to me for the first time in my entire career. So that wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have faced that, that feeling of being afraid of being uncomfortable, rocking the boat, not being a good girl, because how were we raised, right? We were raised to be polite and keep the peace and keep the room, you know, no. And I'm not one to like, be super like public service announcement, rah, rah, rah. but I definitely have my opinion about things and everyone knows where I stand. And, you know, honestly, I just heard this somewhere. They said, well, you know, when you get into a room and there's a bunch of people, like say you come to an event, everyone's in like a meeting room, you scope the room to see who's in charge. That's the first thing you do. That gets automatic. Be that person, be the person where people go, if they come on the social media and they're scrolling their phone, be the person that's you know, standing strong is the leader is, has conviction where you're, you know, where they stand because people are drawn to that. They really are. Like if you have confidence in yourself and you're consistent, you, you will have people drawn to you and you'll find your tribe for sure. It's really good. I like that. I like that room analogy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to remember that one. <laughs> I, and I also think just, I mean, just even viewing social media in that way, right? Like it is a big room and you are going to be drawn to the people that are most similar to you that are a leader and I think it's easy to get lost in it's on our phone. It's like, but yeah, imagine we were all in the same room. 
that tangibility helps a little bit, I think. Yes. Um, yeah. So I like that. I am a really, really big believer in entrepreneurs just making their own opportunities. You and I have talked about this throughout this interview, you know, the, the various streams of revenue, the going after what you want, the trying different things. I mean, you were clearly a leading example of this. So what advice do you have for the entrepreneur who has been thinking about their idea for just a little bit too long <laughs> and is ready to take that first step? Yes. I would say the first thing you want to do is before you're going to bring it to market. So if you're thinking, I want to launch a course or a coaching program, or I want to make jewelry and I want to sell it online. I have a girl in my program that literally she, she registered right before COVID and was selling artwork and had to pivot to sell it online. And she was able to, because she just, the timing was so divine learned about social media and was able to pivot and she's crushing it, selling her artwork online, whatever it is, you could be anything. The first thing you have to do is you do need to build that audience. The only way to build the audience is to offer so much value that they're just like, shoot, this person's the bee's knees. Like, oh my gosh, if she's offering this much value, imagine what it's like when I pay for something. So instead of going like, oh, I'm going to create this thing and bring it to market. I'm going to post about it. Cause you know, you'll see certain people they're they're missing the vulnerability in the personal side of social media. They're just posting their thing, right? I've got this, this challenge. It's, you know, $27 or I've got this course and they're just posting about that. That's selling. You're not actually, you don't ever want to sell. Like you want to offer value and then your product service, whatever is the obvious solution to their problem. But when you lead with value, what happens is you start to build that audience and they start to become very loyal to you and they, and you start to make their life better. So when they see your name pop up wherever, because I'm all over social media, I'm sure you are too, Angela, wherever they see your name, they're like, oh, I'm going to go check out and see what Kimberly's doing. Because every time I go there, I feel inspired. I I learn something, right? Sometimes I'm entertained if I'm watching one of her reels, but whatever. They feel that like, ah, that little win, right? They feel good when they're around me. But if I just came in like, hey, I've got this course and you need to buy it that I'm just going to be one of one of many, right? So I would just say, figure out what you're going to sell, but say first, well, what's the problem before that? And address that through the value that you offer in your content and motive, mentor people, um, you know, look for ways to coach them without charging, send them a podcast, you know, message them. Hey, I just did this video in my group. I think you'd really love it based on our conversation. I'm going to tag you. And I'm telling you what, you're going to build because word will spread. It will. And you will, you won't even be able to keep up with all the people that you're having conversations with. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, that value, nobody cares if you just are like, I'm selling this thing, especially mm-hmm. when they're first discovering you, right? Like that doesn't mean anything to them. Uh, I I hired a business coach recently, like maybe a month ago. And the reason I hired her is because I loved her. Like She had all these um, IGTVs and they were so full of value. I didn't even know what, I, to be honest, I had no idea what she even, what her, <laughs> her program looked like. I was like, I, I just it. love it. And so I messaged her and she was like, oh yeah. And that's, and that, and I like signed up with, with her within 24 hours because it was a no brainer because of all the value. So I, I love that you talk about just leading with that because it's a perfect example, seriously, in real time. Right. <laughs> but that's, it's true. Like that's how it works. So it uh, yeah, you're, you're, I think you're spot on about that. You, you gave one incredible resource earlier. I don't know if you're going to be able to top it, to be honest, because it was a pretty good one, but what is one resource that you would recommend to listeners? Yes. Well, I can, I can gift it to y'all. So I can get you the link, Angela, if you can put it in the show notes, is that possible? Absolutely. Okay. So I have a Trello board I created. If you haven't used Trello, I have a tutorial, like how to use the board in the, in it. So don't sweat it if you haven't, 
but I, in my swag shop, one of the shirts is hashtag Trello is life. So if you get your, <laughs> get the grasp of it, you're going to fall in love. So you just make a copy of my board, but I have created a social media content calendar where you can plan out all your content visually. So you can create your posts and the graphic and all the things and move things. It's just very easy to use. I'm a visual. So I like to see everything in front of me. But the most valuable valuable piece of the board is I teach you the buckets. So you're going to have different kinds of content. So you're going to want to learn how to use uh, pull from the personal bucket and be able to share stuff about yourself. Like, oh, here's a selfie. And let me tell you the story about how I went from struggle to success. Inspirational. Like there's different kinds of content to share. So the whole entire Trello board goes over that. Um, so y'all can have a copy of it and plan out your, your content. Cause when you start planning it, you become more intentional in the way that you're showing up and you'll get more results and you'll be more consistent too. That is amazing. I love, love, love that you have the content buckets in there as well. Because when I learned about that, that was kind of a game changer for me because you're exactly right. Otherwise you're sitting there going, Oh my God, what do I post today? And everyone hates that. That's agonizing for everybody. So I love that you have not just the way to schedule it, but like actually getting their mind thinking about these content buckets. That's amazing. I will absolutely link to that. Okay, awesome. Where where can listeners find you? I have the handle, username, whatever you want to say, the gold digger girl <laughs> everywhere. So it's G-O-A-L, the gold digger girl. I mostly on, I go live every Monday at one o'clock central on my business page on Facebook, the gold digger girl. And then I'm also heavy on Instagram. I release two new YouTubes a week, IGTVs, podcasts, blog posts. I mean, honestly, you can pretty much just search the gold digger girl and it should come up. That's amazing. By the way, that's an insane amount of content. <laughs> yes, that's very impressive. Well, thank you content. so Thank you so much for talking to me. This has been amazing. Is there is there anything else you want to add? No, I've appreciated it so much, Angela. I've loved getting to know you and I love what you're doing of sharing stories because it really is about the storytelling because there's going to be something that, you know, I say or another guest says that someone listening and you listening that's going to say, "Yeah, I can do that too." Right? She did it, I can do it. So, y'all, if you're listening and there's something in your heart, it won't go away. It it absolutely will not go away. It's going to it's going to pester you. It's at you. So why not just lean in and totally go for it? And that way you can, you can not only change your own life, but you can change somebody else's as well. Yes. That's amazing. And that is so sweet of you to say, thank you. Yes. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon. And thank you for listening to another episode of the story behind the journey. I hope you loved my interview with Kimberly as much as I did. And I'm excited to see what you do with the strategies you learned today. If you know of a friend who's looking to start or scale to 5k months, I would be so honored if you shared this episode with them. I don't know. I think they'll love it. And until next time, I hope you have a great day and I will see you next week. Bye for now.